0: Today we're going to read from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, Art not the least among thee, princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, Bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, And fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Merry Christmas!
1: Last week we talked about the birth of Christ and we talked about the angels coming and talking to the um, shepherds about what happened and how the shepherds were, it says they were overjoyed and they went and found this child in the manger and they told everybody on their way back and everybody after that for a long time that, that they've seen the baby Jesus born. I'm sure that what they said was that there was the Messiah was born. And uh, it was such an exciting thing. It was one of the most wonderful things is is that an angel of the Lord came down and spoke to them. And there was a heavenly host that appeared behind him. And that heavenly host was so bright. It was so, it made them blind. It made their day or their night like day. And they went and found Jesus. And everything was exactly that was told him about the angel. They were in a manger. They were in a stable. I saw a sign this, this other day, just the other day, and it said, the earth needs a stable environment. <laughs> Isn't that nice? It needs a stable environment. And so we come to this time. On that day that Jesus was born, a star appeared in the sky. That, that star was so bright that scientists say it was like three stars together. And it was so bright that it shined in the, at noon, you could see it clearly in the daytime. And, and the wonderful thing about that star was that it moved. And in the east, and we don't know exactly where in the east, but it was in the east that uh, some some scientists—we'll call them scientists—the wise men, some people call them—saw that star. They ha- they studied the stars all of their life because one of their goals was to find out where where kings were were born, and they said that the stars showed us when a king was born. And they began to study the stars and had been studying the stars, and this star appeared. It was so brilliant in its nature. They thought that the king of the earth was born. And so they they got together a caravan. It was not just three wise men. We now understand there were many. We don't know how many there were. And they got all of their camels and all of their tents and all of their food (coughs) because there were no McDonald's on the way. It doesn't say that in the scripture, but there was no (laughs) McDonald's. And so they took all their food and all their servants and all their tents and all the money they needed for a journey that took two years. Two years. And they followed that star. The interesting thing was it moved. And so it was like, it was like when, when God set the Israelites free from Egypt. And remember when they were in the desert, there was a cloud at the day to keep the sun off of them. And there was a pillar of fire at night to keep them warm. It was like that. Those moved as well. So this is, this is something that God's great power has. And so this star is moving, and they are, they are watching it as they go. And they come to the city of Jerusalem, and it stops. It doesn't move. Now, I want to talk to you about something, and I think you need to understand it. God had a plan here. I know you know he had a plan, but I don't think we understand the details of that plan. God wanted them to talk. To Herod. You You with me? He wanted them to talk to Herod. And God wanted Herod to know that, that his son, Jesus Christ, was born. The enemy wanted the head of the enemy. God's people wanted the enemy to know. Herod was a Jew, but he was more Roman than Jew. He liked to be in control, and he liked to manipulate and, and, and control people. Now, let's, let's look here at the scripture and see what it says about him. He said, after Jesus was born in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, that means more than was wise, wise man, came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? At that time, they knew that this king was a Jewish king. We saw his star when it rose, and after we, come to, we have come to worship him. So he's come. Now, Herod was strange. Matter of fact, I believe that he, he was possessed. Why do I I come to that conclusion? Because I read about it. In verse 3 it says, When Herod heard this, and he was disturbed. Now if you look at that word disturbed, that means he was uncontrollable in his anger. That's what that means. And all of Jerusalem was with him. When he was disturbed, all of the people in Jerusalem were scared to death. Why? He killed people on his birthday, to celebrate his birthday. Oh, today's my birthday. Let's go 525 people and kill them. My friends, that's the way he was. He was a deranged man. But the enemy had get him, given him scruples where, where he did things. Now look, look, look at what else went on. So because of that, he called together all of his people's Chief priests and teachers or scribes of the law. And he asked him, where was the Messiah born? He was so he was so aware of the culture that he came from that that this he calls him Messiah here. King Herod was afraid of the Messiah. Because King Herod believed that the Messiah would be crowned king of Israel and he would be put out to pasture. So he knew exactly what was going on. And he wanted to prevent it. He wanted to have Jesus killed. Now you say, oh, that's just a political maneuver that a man wanted to do to maintain his power. We are so politicized in our political understanding that we don't think of things in spiritual terms. My friends, this is King Herod that the enemy, Satan, has planted in his heart hatred for this, this Messiah, Jesus. He's planted it there. The enemy knew that. God knew that. God knew what kind of man Herod was. He's trying to show you and me. Now listen to this. Listen. And understand this beyond what I'm saying. God's trying to tell you something. He knows what's going to happen. You should never be afraid of the end times. You should never be afraid of a one world government. You should never be afraid of anything in this world that reeks of the evil of darkness because God knows what it is, what it's going to do, and how it's going to happen. Because that war is going on in the spiritual world right now around us. You know that? No disrespect to uh, the people to the Ruritan, but I ask God to fill this place with his spirit every time we minister here. Because we have no idea what goes on between people when we're not here. Thank you for this. But you don't mind if we help clean up a little bit. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So Herod was being manipulated and controlled. Verse 5. In Bethlehem, these scribes said. In Judea. For this is what the prophets. Has said. Thousands of years. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. Verse 6. Then Matthew quotes. But. Mm. He says, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judea are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. What he said, I'm going to take the smallest of all the communities where there is no military, there is no one to protect my son. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. I'm going to send him to Bethlehem. Thousands of years, it says he's going to be born in Bethlehem. And the only one that will be there to protect him is God Almighty. He will send his angels. The archangel Michael was the lord of all military force in Israel. And he was in charge of the angels that came and surrounded that village, that stable. In Billy Graham's book, Angels, 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 it's a very old book, very good book. You should read it. It's probably one of the best, other than Michael Heiser's book on angels. But, but he says that there are eyewitnesses that says that angels are about eight foot tall, and they have sh- they are shining it just in their parents. and they have weapons of war with them, like a shield, and and a spear and a sword. And there were many milit- uh, missionaries who have who have said that they've seen these angels protecting them. It was the same kind of angels that protects Peter in the book of Acts when he's in prison. They're always busy defending. The truth of God and the people of God. Always. You don't have to worry as a born-again Christian. I guarantee you, God is protecting you. Even in your closest of calls. For out of you, Bethlehem, will come a ruler who will shepherd my people of Israel. So when he gets this information, Herod calls the magi, the wise men. He calls them secretly because he wants no one else to do and know what he's going to do. He says, find out from the exact time of the star that appeared. Why he wanted to know how old the children are that he's going to kill. And they told him two years. And then he sent them to Bethlehem and saying, Go and search carefully for this child. And as you have found him, report to me. So, listen to this. So I may go and worship him too. So they say, okay. He didn't treat him bad. All right, I'll go do that. I'll go. I'll go. So they, they go And guess what? The star starts moving again. Head towards Bethlehem. Verse 9. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Didn't say stable. Verse 10. And they saw the star; They were overjoyed. It had, they had been with it for two years. And on coming to the house, they are no longer in a stable. Joseph and his family stayed in Bethlehem. He was a carpenter. They were living there. They came to the house. These wise men did. They saw a child, the child, with his mother, Mary. They saw him. Saw her. Those of you who are parents and grandparents, especially grandparents or great-grandparents, and a child in your family is born, and you don't get to go see them because of distance or health or whatever it is. It may be a, a month or two months, sometimes a year, because you, and maybe you haven't seen them yet. Okay? Well, I guarantee you one day you'll see them. And when you do, you will be overjoyed like these men were overjoyed. There's something about it. I can't describe it. It touches you deep within because that which is of, of your seed your children or children's children, wells up inside of you. But these men were not of that seed. They were not of that nature. They were not of those people. And when they saw the mother and baby, it says in this passage of Scripture, they worshipped him. They gave adoration and praise. Gave adoration and praise because of the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, when we all are given the opportunity to go and be with the Lord in heaven, and we either die or we're taken up with him, as it says in Thessalonians, and we come into his presence, We will bow on our face. We will have no control over it. And we will worship God. Those of you who are young don't understand it because you're raised in a society where honor is absent. But it won't matter. When you get to heaven as a born-again Christian with the Spirit of Christ living inside of you, that which is in you, the righteousness of Christ that is in you will compel you and you cannot resist it. You will honor God by throwing yourself on the, uh, before him and worshiping him. What will happen. It will be, a, it, I can't imagine how awesome it will be because there will be a completeness in us. As a born-again Christian, this is happening to this man. They, these men wanted to find the king of the Jews. They believe because of the star and all that they've went through that this is the king of the world. And they presented him Jesus Christ, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I could just preach on that, but maybe I will next week. And whatever period of time the worship was over with, they got up to leave. And they slept somewhere. We don't know where they slept. And the Lord gave him a dream and told him to return on the bypass of seven around Berryville. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Go around Berryville, go around Jerusalem. And go home another way. Why? Because not too many days later, the Lord God sends a dream to Joseph and tells him to get up, gather up his wife and his child, and all that he can take with him, and go to Egypt. And God has provided the money and means for that to happen. Egypt was probably one of the darkest countries in the world because of their worship of death. And he sent them there knowing that nothing can harm him there. And they are there until, guess who dies? Herod. And then Jesus is brought back to fulfill other prophecies and to begin his public ministry. Please do not walk through this time of worship with, without worshiping Christ's birth. I, I, I can't help it but to say to you that. Without his birth, we would have never had his resurrection. And without the protection of God Almighty, we would have never had his resurrection. We need to worship him. If you do not, as a child or a teenager, understand worship, you need to ask an adult who knows. If you ask one and they don't know, find someone. Greg will be happy to tell you. Kemp will be happy to tell you. George will be happy. Caleb will be happy to tell you. You'll even be, won't you? You can tell. The worship of God is the most sacred thing a human being could do. I want you as young people Set your anger aside. Set your self centeredness aside and pursue Christ in worship. See, we're taught in our society today to be self centered, and whatever I want is what I need. In the spiritual world, God teaches us if we pursue Him, all that we need will be given to us. See the difference in the philosophy of this world and, and the truth of, the, of, of God, Christ? Two completely different things. And teenagers who find that that is true and worship God, they have a protected, fulfilled, clear-minded understanding And then when they get among people who do not have that clear understanding, but they think with arrogant pride that they know more than them, the Holy Spirit will come to them and he, he will say to those teenagers that they're in college, no, these people are wrong, they carry death in their heart. Amen? Amen. We're here to worship God. I want Caleb and Diane to come and I want us to understand this if we sing this last song. By the way, that that was a wonderful song, Diane. You did a great job. Let's stand. Let me pray. And let us worship the king. Okay? Oh, Father God. There are several times in this lesson of Christ being born and this truth of it that it says they were overjailed, overjoyed, unexpressible joy. Father God, there is something about being in the presence of Jesus Christ absent from my selfishness. All my problems and difficulties... To be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's something about it. I just ask, Father God, in Jesus' name. I ask in Jesus' name. That if we have not experienced that, that you will bring us to us. And in your precious and holy name, allow us to be overjoyed to be in your presence. celebrating Jesus Christ as our Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you feel like raising your hands or shouting, go ahead. What are we singing? It came upon the midnight clear. You can shout during that song. Why not? Yeah. You want to come up and pray? Come up and Pray. Thank Jesus for being your Savior. Just come and stand in the the midst of the congregation and say, Lord God, thank you for being my Lord and Savior. Okay? This is a worship, worship, worship.
2: It came upon the midnight clear. That That glorious soul. soul Peaceful wings unfurl, and still the heavenly music floats o'er all the weary world. And above its sad and lowly plains, they bend. Its ancient, ancient splendors, splendors flame and the whole world sends back the song which now the angels
0: benediction for today is from luke chapter two glory to god in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased greg do you have advice for us as far as tearing down we just get to eat and leave the chairs here okay <laughs> enjoy the rest of what the Ureta- Urethans, the ruritans have left for us and have a blessed christmas